Scaling's a non-issue. That's what we've deemed at this round table, right? The scaling's just a big green check mark now. Nailed it. This is the Meteor Club Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about all things Meteor. Alright, welcome Meteor fans. I welcome to this inaugural podcast. Uh, the Meteor Club Podcast. It is a show that is all about conversations around Meteor, all things Meteor. Doesn't matter the topic. Uh, we'll just randomly pick them. And uh, we just invite some guests and have some chats and uh, hopefully good things come out of it. I've, I've found every time that I've been out to San Francisco for uh, Dev Shop, I always love the you know, the interaction and, and what happens there. And I, I want to bring that to the interwebs. So uh, I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my, uh, my, my super duper sidekick, uh, Ben Strahan. Welcome, Ben. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we've got uh, this week's uh, extra special guests are Jeremy. I, you know, I don't even know your last name. What's your last name, Jeremy? It is Shimko. Shimko, there you go. Shimko, yeah. Nice. Welcome, Mr. Shimko. Oh, thank you very much. Nice. And, uh, and then, of course, I mean, if you do anything in meter, you probably know the next guy, too. Uh, Sasha Grafe. Say it the right way. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you're the only person on the Internet who can pronounce my name. That's only because you told me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, this week, we just we threw up a quick Lister. If you don't know what Lister is, that's okay. Nobody really knows. I think I'm, I'm one of the two guys that use it. Uh, we we wrote a little voting app uh, for the Cincinnati Meteor Meetup. It was like one of our first two or three meetings. We kind of built this little app uh, and uh, just let you vote on things. And so maybe I'll post the link somewhere when we get this, this first show posted. Uh, but we just threw in some interesting topics and voted. And it looks like hosting and scaling is the winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So I don't know. Uh, what uh, what do you what do you guys have, you know, out there hosted on the interwebs that's running here, and where do you host it? Start with Jeremy. Sure, um, I have a I have a couple things going. Uh, the first is uh, is the telescope site. Um, I am currently running that on um, on AWS and Compose, uh, and uh, doing that by uh, the way you would expect with MUP and. Um, yeah, it's that's pretty. It's a pretty plain vanilla setup there. I'm uh, I'm working on automating that a little bit more with uh, with Ansible now. Oh, nice. Uh, every every time I deploy, I end up having to do the nginx configs and the server setup and and all of that every time. Uh, and 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 that's just terrible. You can't have that. Um, <laughs> even though it, you know, I I mean, I have a couple shell scripts, and it takes like maybe you know a minute and a half. Uh, it really, I'd love it to just all be one command, especially because, um, you know, with stuff like Ansible, you could, you could even set the server up, you could even boot the server up and then set it up um, on AWS. So um, you really could get it down to literally one command from like not even having a server running. Uh, so, so that's the goal, but, but yeah, so, so I have a couple different um, media apps running, but that's, they're all, they're all kind of using that same workflow just for keeping it consistent. And so MUP is uh, Meteor Up, right? That is correct. Yeah, for all the uninitiated out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the probably the easiest way to deploy an app that's like not uh, on a platform like Heroku or, or Modulus. Yeah, yeah I, I've really yet to see anything else that, that, that simplifies it much further than that, other than kind of what I was just describing, which which there doesn't seem to be too much. Um, I haven't seen anybody else publish anything else that 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 gets that done, uh, which was kind of why I started working on it. But uh, but yeah, it's it um, it really only it only goes downhill from up in my experience. I haven't uh, seen anything that's less steps than that. Now, why did you pick uh, this route other than something that's more like a platform, like modulus? I was on Modulus for, um, for, I don't know, I think it was four or five months, and um, I didn't have a terribly negative experience with it. Um, I, had, uh, I had a couple of uh, undiagnosed app crashes that, that involved like having to go and do like a hard reboot. 
Um, but I've also had that happen on AWS too. So um, uh, not, not as much, but that happened a couple of times and I decided to investigate my options. And, um, and uh, at least part of that was I cut my cost in half by doing it myself. Um, I already have a little bit of a DevOps background anyway, so it wasn't, it wasn't exactly a tall order to set that stuff up. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was most of it. Was, I, I, had, I had the original problem that kind of triggered the, the interest in trying something else, and then, uh, and then cutting the cost in half was a, was a good motivator too. Nice, yeah. So what about you, Sasha? What, what, what are you hosting and where do you host it? So, uh, yeah, I also have a couple of telescope instances, uh, a couple on DigitalOcean and a few on AWS as well. And uh, same as Jeremy, I'm also using MOP to deploy it's really easy. Uh, it's free. It's like I'm a big fan of Arunoda's work. So what I like about it too is that you know he's always integrating his new like creations into it, like a cluster. So you know you know it's gonna keep uh, improving. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That that is interesting. You know, you bring up cluster, and uh, for those that aren't familiar, it's like this. This um, so there, there's different components to Meteor, right? Like when you connect to a node server, it, it serves you up some HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, right? And that's like the core of your application. But then you make a DDP connection back to, through WebSockets to the node server, and you start getting data that way. And the idea behind Cluster is that it's, uh, it's able to take your um, DDP connections and it routes them automatically for you. So it's like a proxy balancer kind of thing for... DDP itself. And so, I don't know, that's, that's definitely interesting. Uh, I was talking to uh, Stefan Holhouse today, and he mentioned that he wants to use Cluster, but it feels like the single failure point becomes SSL at that point, right? And then he's got he's to deploy some kind of like heartbeat uh, IP configuration to get like failover on his SSL termination or something, so... Yeah, I didn't know uh, cluster uh, SSL presents an issue to uh, to cluster. Um, is that still the case when it's when SSL termination is happening a step out from Meteor? Well, yeah. So you've got to terminate it like um, somewhere up the chain, right? And so you could do nginx or stud or uh, ha proxy or something like that. But then, you know, how do you how do you do load balancing across? Uh, stud or nginx or something like that and so then you have to do uh, two ip addresses in your dns config or something and then um, you're really monitoring because i mean you can't like you can't really depend on people to respect that dns switch if you make it you know even if you put it down to like one minute chances are some asset down the line is you know caching it somewhere and so when one box goes down, like half the people coming to your site are just not going to get anything. So the the only thing you can do is do some kind of like heartbeat monitoring on the IP address and have the other server pick it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like we have the perfect solution for this scenario yet. <laughs> yeah. I haven't found anything that feels bulletproof for, for, uh, for that setup. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, setting up heartbeat doesn't sound super awesome, but I'm sure it's something that people could do if they really, really cared about that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, it, your single point of failure is, like, just the SSL termination if that's a thing you need, and I would say most people probably do need it. So, so like, for as a new guy coming in, and I've only developed with uh, Meteor before and a little bit of Angular in the past, but uh, what are some of these alternatives? to heartbeat and uh, why is heartbeat like such a bad thing to determine if you need to switch? It's not a bad thing. I just think it's a complicated thing, right? Like you're monitoring a server to make sure it's up and then you're, you're hoping that the configuration is correct. You know, maybe, maybe you're doing something like Netflix and chaos monkey and shutting down a server and making sure that everything still works. Uh, if you're a diligent, you know, developer DevOps person, but I don't know. Like, um, it just seems like there's a lot more moving parts to that. Like, I, I, I like the idea of cluster. Um, but again, like, you know, you, you want to make sure everything's secure. And 
I did see someone was working on an SSL, like a Meteor SSL termination, which could be interesting as well. Um, but, you know, like when you see bugs in open SSL or, you know, like uh, what was it, Heartbleed? I mean, yeah. you want to make sure that, you know, you have no idea what Joe Schmo developer putting out a package is going to be doing security wise. So that's kind of a risk as well. So. <laughs> My dogs are angry. <laughs> So, um, SSL. what, I mean, what, what kind of load, I, well, actually, you know, I didn't ask you, Ben, like what, what are you, what are you hosting? Uh, you, you guys have a production app too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I do enterprise stuff and, um, I love modulus and, uh, I use uh, compose for the database, but modulus handles, um, SSL, uh, handles all the load balancing. Uh, it has two DNS servers that, or uh, two IP addresses that my DNS terminates to. So I love it. Yeah, I, we, uh, we put all our guys in the room when we were training them, and uh, I just had it so that they could max out everything, and we didn't have any, uh, any issues at all. And uh, so I just love Modulus, for, and even though it's like a few more bucks. Yeah. Know. Well, yeah, and they, they added um... – what do you call it? Like auto scaling too. So you can yep. watch your CPU and then tell it to like kick out another instance when your load's getting too high or your memory is getting too close or something like that. And they also added like, you can tweak the configuration and tell it you want like a five twelve meg yep. instance instead of three sixty eight or whatever. Yeah. And you can also pick the region that you're going to scale up to. So I just love it. Yeah. Good stuff. Modulus all the way. Man, if they send me a sticker, I would put it on my computer. <laughs> oh. And you know what? I have nothing on my computer right now. <laughs> wow. That's that's a ringing endorsement right there. Yeah. I can make that happen. You know, they're, they're like 10 minutes from my house. so. No, it has, it has to be from them. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll tell Charlie. I'll say, Charlie, you know, drop it in the mail. Ben will put it on his laptop. And <laughs> Free advertising. Yeah, I'm supposed to, uh, there's a meetup there tomorrow. They're going to be talking about uh, Docker and Kubernetes and kind of all that stuff. Is that how you say that, Kubernetes? I also <laughs> want to plug a, a company called uh, Scalingo. Have you guys seen that yet? I have. I talked to, yeah. uh, I talked to Leo a little bit. Uh, so he emailed me early on in their days, and he's like, so why do I need to do it this way or that way? And I was like, well, you know, here's the reason why. And so, like, they they really push hard to add like um, uh, uh, what do you call it uh, the routing uh, making sure that it goes to the same box every time um, sticky sessions sticky sessions yeah. yeah and then the oplog support yeah I told them those were like critical pieces to yeah. scaling an app so what I like as well is they I think they provide like a, a free box or even maybe three free apps per account uh, which I don't think Modulus does like the reason. I don't recommend Modulus is that a lot of people just want something really cheap to get started with telescope. And if I recommend something that costs like more than 10 bucks a month, they're just not going to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think Modulus is like $15 a month. You get the yeah. first month free, but you know, there's no free tier for them. Mm -hmm. um, I've done, I've done Heroku in the past. So I actually took, I took crater and it was on Modulus at the time and I moved it to Heroku and left it there for two weeks and then moved it to digital ocean and left it there. Uh, well now permanently, I guess, uh, using MUP and I uh, just, just to do like comparison point, see what supports like and how, you know, what the setup's like and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, I don't know, like I'm, I'm a fan of modulus. It's super easy, but at the same time, I'm not a fan of the fact that it's, it's 15 bucks a month. Like, <laughs> yeah, my problem with Heroku, like, I don't think there's like an officially supported build pack or anything. So right. you're kind of at the mercy of whoever like has the time to, to take care of that. And if Meteor changes something and you know, the build pack doesn't follow, then you're kind of stuck, I think. Yeah, yeah that, that was a problem early on. Um, but then, you know, the guy came out with the, the horse build pack. And if you go and you look, he said, I, I don't know, all the other ones were confusing. So I went with horse because why not? <laughs> <laughs> so you know that's that's how you get it done there but they also don't have sticky session support so scaling yeah. beyond you know one kind of servo or uh, what do they call it dyno there um, 
it's kind of hard. Well, let's break it down. So like we have different kind of people doing different kind of things with Meteor. If you're just, uh, we have a couple different options for the people who are doing different things. If you're doing just like a one-off project, um, testing things out, figuring out what Meteor does, um, you could probably use meteor.com mm. to that, uh, have the free hosting on that. Um, the next level up is that you need some sort of uh, professional hosting, um, but you're not a DevOps guy and you're just diving into Meteor. What would we say as a group would be that next step? You're willing to throw down some money on it. <laughs> if you're not a DevOps guy, that yeah. my, my vote usually would be Modulus, I guess. Uh, yeah. If you're putting cost aside, um, Modulus and Compose. Yeah, totally agree. Choice. Performance-wise and, and ease of use for, for somebody who's new to it. So that's $32 a month if you get those two. If you just stick with Modulus, it's like fourteen eighty or something like that. If you are a DevOps guy, is that like a sin going that route? Uh, I don't think so. I, I have done DevOps for a long time. Um, actually, I used to run a podcast called uh, Web Pulp TV, and you know, we talk <coughs> about scaling the web and that kind of thing, and uh, ended up, because of that podcast, worked on Words with Friends for a couple months, uh, which was a pretty big app. But I mean, I don't, I don't think just because I have the knowledge doesn't mean I have to take the time to like put it into practice necessarily because it, right. it can be a very time consuming thing. Like I look back and think, Oh my God, I spent like two months writing a chef repo for an application <laughs> that went nowhere. Like that was horrible. That was stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so at the stupid. same time, like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thank you. We love you. I, <laughs> I would say like, you know, like prove the app's going to work and it's going to be worth your time to put that kind of effort in, you know? Um, but at the same time, like digital ocean is not exactly painful. Like I, I picked, uh, you know, where, where creators at now, I think I picked, uh, you know, the latest Ubuntu image and used MUP. And I mean, I was probably up within 20 or 30 minutes of kind of effort. And then I threw Nginx in front of it and, um, you know, that's that's been fine. No real, no real Actually, speaking of digital ocean, like, can I get your feedback on something? Yeah. So I was writing a tutorial for them about the deploying telescope, and my plan was to to use MUP. So the t tutorial would be uh, clone the telescope repo locally and then deploy it using MUP, and it's pretty simple. But then they told me that they only accept tutorials where um, that don't involve the user's own machine. So you can't like have the user install anything locally. So it means that the tutorial would be doing everything on the droplet, like configuring it locally, but in the cloud. And I don't know, I thought that wasn't a very good process for deployment. Well, so that's interesting, right? Because we're really talking about uh, settings and packages, right? That's the difference between like your telescope and my telescope install, right? Yeah. Well, also the fact that, you know, I, I think it's good to have a, a, a local copy of the app anyway. And also that I, I'm not sure if there's an easy way to use like Mob to configure the server that you're on right now. Like, although you could just put local host maybe as the IP, but huh. I don't know. I thought it was a kind of a weird uh, request yeah. from them, although I can understand, but in the end, like I just decided not to do the tutorial because it's kind of not the workflow that I suggest usually. Yeah, you should you should write back to them and say I couldn't do your tutorial, so I use Scalingo instead or Modulus <laughs> instead. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah, that's kind of a weird limitation, especially in the context of of um, media apps. The uh, the whole development environment is is kind of not really an optional feature. <laughs> you you kind of have to have that workflow in there at least to some extent. So so leaving that out of the the you know how talking about how to do the workflow um, feels like a pretty big limitation of a tutorial. Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean it's it's different because uh, like MUP is a very specific tool, right? Like it's it's made to be run from your machine. It's made to be run on a meteor app. It's made to 
SSHN and like, you know, SCP over files. I'm assuming it's SCP. I've never looked at the code. That's a good point. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I would assume it would be anything else feels like it'd be more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you'd almost have to either write something different or kind of hack mop to get around that. Um, well, Sasha's right. You, you theoretically could put localhost as the, the IP and technically that, that could work. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it like SSH into itself. Right. And then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then do the yeah. deploy to another folder. Whoa. That's weird. That's yeah. It's completely unnecessary because now you have to manually SSH in, which literally just made that harder. But, <laughs> but I, I think you could probably do it. Uh, <laughs> Back to modulus. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Back to this. Well, well, wait. No, it's Scalingo now, right? That's the yeah. thing. So, so, yeah, I, I want to test out Scalingo. Like, it seems like a cool product. Like, it seemed like a good team. So, I'll probably give them a try for my next app. Yeah, you, you got one brewing. <laughs> well, not really. Like, but I always do plug telescope stuff, like just demos or whatever. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so uh, I was actually talking to Leo about it, and I was curious uh, because all his boxes are kind of over in Europe, and uh, the majority of the crater traffic comes from the U.S. Probably like fifty percent of the traffic comes from the U.S. right now. Uh, and so I was curious, like, you know, has he seen latency issues with it having to go across the pond? I guess. And uh, he said no, like they, they really haven't had any complaints about that. Everything seems zippy and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So. And they do op logs? They have op log support as well? Yeah, I think out of the box, yeah. I don't know. I'm probably lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I think it's, it's an option. I don't think it's like enabled by default, but you can add it easily, I think. Okay. Yeah, nice. And they have a, a picture of all these, like, Doc containers <laughs> on their on their website. Oh yeah, nice. Okay, so they're using Docker behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, we'll have to give them a try. Yeah, definitely. That definitely sounds worth it. Yeah. Oh, and they've they've published their phone number right there for you to call them to talk to a human being. They Ooh. actually advertise that right there. For now. <laughs> <laughs> for now. So are these guys funded? Do they have enough cash to give away this free stuff that we can trust them to build our apps on top of? I have no idea. We'll have to tweet at them. Maybe they'll tell us. Yeah. Yeah. If you have less than $5 million in the bank, I am not <laughs> posting my brand new app that has two users on it. <laughs> Those two users matter. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, one caveat I would say about the, setting up servers yourself route versus something like Modulus is, you know, a perfect example would be like the auto scaling stuff that Modulus does. Doing that, uh, setting up servers to do that or on AWS or DigitalOcean or something like that is not a trivial task. That's, that's, that actually requires like real DevOps skills and, and, uh, and it's, not necessarily uh, devoid of uh, error, and uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of um, there's all kinds of considerations there that are significantly more complicated than you know turning auto scaling on. <laughs> you know, it's not just flipping a switch. There's there's a lot to think about there, and a lot of uh, time that needs to be invested in things that you'd have to learn to do it. So, so yes, it is a couple bucks more, but that saves you from all kinds of work if if that skill set is not your bag. Yeah. That's a pretty good point too. I mean, where, what are we, where's our main skill set at? And it's like to make the app, it's to make things that users are going to be using. That's what we need to spend our time on. And that's what will make our app better at the end. So, sure. uh, and generally, generally, if, if you are at the point where you actually need auto scaling, you are probably also at the point where you can pay someone to, to help you with that or, or pay for, you know, some type of service that handles that for you. But generally, the vast majority of people starting out with an app that, that does that has minimal traffic 
uh, it's just not actually a real concern. <laughs> right. You know, and that, that brings up a good point, right? So I've got this, I've got this blog post that's sitting in my, my draft inbox. And, you know, I, I always say like my best blog posts start out angry. And this one, like it made me angry because I get all these emails from people and they're like, but will meteor scale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chances are, random guy on the internet your business <laughs> is going to tank long before it ever matters if meteor is going to scale and beyond that like there's enough people that have funding now and they're pushing the envelope right now that you know these problems will be solved by the time you get to them to some degree yeah and you're messing with your database queries and, and you're doing so many things before you even uh need to go into uh, scaling, you you got to optimize your code as much as possible. You'll probably be hitting that first. Yeah, yeah, I would I would totally agree. Like I've always said, the the uh, pub sub system is kind of the heart and soul of your meteor app. And if crap's going to slow down, that's going to be the place that it's going to happen. You know, it's because you're you're hitting your publications too hard, or your publications aren't optimized quite right, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fair to say that let's say there's a spectrum of scaling going from like a, a static HTML file that would be like the easiest thing to scale, and then Meteor like is not at this end of the spectrum; it's like further along. So it does, you know, it does. I think it's fair to say it does take maybe a tiny bit more work in some sure. cases to to scale it. So it's it's not always trivial. But yeah, I agree with you. In ninety nine percent of cases, like you know, it's not a real consideration because. Nobody gets that many users anyway. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the, the biggest, I haven't talked to Mixmax yet, but the biggest one I've heard of is like 1,500 concurrent connections uh, kind of at the peak for a day. Like how many, how many uh, connections are you guys dealing with at peak? Do you know? I haven't had anything over 100 yet, at, at, concurrently anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right same, same for right around 100. Sends around 100. Where are you at, Sasha? Um, like sidebar probably gets maybe 50, uh, like on daily basis. And then you know when I've launched projects on Hacker News or whatever, maybe 200. Yeah. Uh, so like even I mean not even speaking about Meteor, but my I had the project reach number one on Product Hunt the other day, and the most I ever saw in like Google Ana- Analytics was around around 150 users, I think. Hmm. So. You're never getting like, you know, unless you're doing something like a live event or something special, but usually you're not getting that many concurrent connections. Yeah. So uh, Crater seems to peak out every day somewhere around 150 to 160 concurrent people, um, usually in the afternoon time. The, you know, the interesting thing to me is uh, you you spoke about Hacker News. when I was at Differential, I had released that one of these other angry blog posts, and uh, we had just moved the entire Differential site to be Meteor, like literally that day, and had a blog that was set up there. And you know, Meteor is probably the one of the stupidest platforms to to put your blog on, right? Well, but, uh, <laughs> what are you saying? Well, what are well, you a host of right now? <laughs> Go home, you're drunk. Jeez. <laughs> well, I I'm mean, honestly, no you're going you're gonna to be fighting scaling. In the, like, the scaling is just pointed in the wrong direction, right? Like, you know, you're serving the same document to, you know, thousands of people over and over again. And, you know, you're, you're going to be swimming upstream, in my opinion, to get the SEO right. And it's doable, but, you know, you also don't want to – like, Google penalizes you, and Spiderable is not the best option, so – um, I, I don't know. Right. So, but, but we were on modulus and we didn't have op log support. This was actually, they were demoing like 0.7 to us. We were in San Francisco and this was the op log support was coming and they're like, Oh, it's going to be awesome for scaling. And we're like sitting there watching our server and it toppled over at about 900 concurrent users. <laughs> so, I mean, I would say even back then that was pretty impressive for a little yeah. 368 megabyte. Uh, instance and sure like you throw it on github pages like they're not going to break sweat but it's built for that like this actually wasn't even built for that and wasn't even optimized so i don't know i think meteor can handle it yeah but it brings up a good point which is 
you know, scaling matters in the context of your app and, and your needs. Like, there's no single answer to scale all apps. It's, it always depends on the what the app is. Yeah, and that's true, right? So, I mean, I mentioned, uh, maybe I didn't mention Kadira, but the Kadira is why I know how many people are connected to um, uh, Crater. And we should, we should get Aaron Oda on this show to talk about his scaling setup as well, because I know behind the scenes, he's using like all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, he's got a Go server that's serving up DDP to the application. So, I mean, you know, there's nothing to say. You Like, to me, scaling is about picking the right tool for the right job and uh, figuring out like which thing you're gonna, you're gonna put in place, right? And so you look at Twitter and now, like they started with Ruby and I bet there's still parts that are in Ruby, but you know, they've, they've moved to other technologies here and there and it's just figuring out how to glue that together. And that to me is what scaling is. That brings up a good point with Kadera too. Like they're huge. And they're like processing so much data. Um, and so when you, when you come to that point and your, your app gets that big, you're going to start to implement custom things based off of your specific app, just like what you said, Sasha. And, uh, and the options are there then. The options are unlimited uh, pretty much uh, based off ex- exclusively what you want. So the argument is a non-argument really. <laughs> I, I deem it a non-argument, especially with DDP. And you could like plug it in anywhere. Exactly. Like I haven't seen a ton. I, I would love for people to be releasing their DDP like server implementations because that's, I think where it starts to get interesting. I've seen to me, like a lot of people are doing backwards things. Like uh, I've got a friend here in Cincinnati and he released an Elixir um, DDP package, but it consumes from a, a node meteor server. Like, Elixir is built on Erlang. Erlang's supposed to be like this scaly, like concurrent backend-y type language. Why? Why would I want to consume Node? Like I want to, I want to consume from the Erlang app, not from the Node app. <laughs> I think you just made up some adjectives there. <laughs> did I? Did I? I should drink more. We can make up. Scaly, <laughs> Erlangy. Yeah. Scaly. <laughs> nice okay so moving forward scaling's a non-issue that's what we've deemed at this round table right (laughs) done it's you know we always joke uh when i was pair programming like you search on the internet and you hit stack overflow and you just pick the one with the big green check mark (laughs) (laughs) so scaling's just a big green check mark now there we go (laughs) boom nailed it yeah <laughs> and if you want to just test something out and you have a toy, push it up to Meteor. Uh, they support custom domains. They do, but you know, I think we should say the reason you don't want to host there is because they aren't Ghostbusters. Like, who are you, who are you going to call here? You know, like <laughs> when, you, when your crap when your crap breaks, like who's who's going to fix it for you? Josh yes. Owens. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just email Matt, matt at meteor.com. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I mean, and then you get, and then they'll uh, shut down your app and you got that loading screen if your yeah. app goes silent and you could hack that too. I mean, you could get it pinging it. Um, but again, this is for the toy. And then once you're ready to like send some money to someone, uh, the next best deal is, is modulus probably or yeah. Scalingo. Yeah. Yep. And uh, well, do you guys say what the, the pricing was on Scalingo? I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember hearing that. So it's free for three containers. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And is that basically the equivalent of an app, I assume? Or three apps, yep. if you want. Three apps. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And they're a half a meg each, so that's pretty good. Yeah, and they give you. Do they say? They've got Mongo, but they don't. They don't say how much. Oh, okay. Here it is. Five twelve megs of Mongo disk space. No backups. No, no backups for you. It says you can do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a European thing. <laughs> Americans always try to upsell you. <laughs> and do you know if the um, the uh, the assuming you're using Oplog? 
does that uh, do they do redundant machines like Compose does? Yeah, that's a good question. I so I I'm pretty sure you can set up multiple Mongo instances on one box and have like the replica set going, but that does seem kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case one breaks. Uh, <laughs> And so I guess we should say what Oplog is, right? Like we, we keep saying Oplog, assuming people know, but it's, uh, it's a special collection in a Mongo database that um, pushes out all the updates that are happening to the databases contained within that, that Mongo instance. And uh, it's, it's used for the replica um, primary and secondary kind of servers to communicate back and forth. I guess it's mostly just the primary puts it out and the secondaries consume it. And so your uh, Meteor app becomes a secondary and pretends like it's it's uh, it's part of the replica set and consumes that. Um, yeah, and why is Applog so cool? Uh, well, so it can help you scale, right? So you can say, I'm gonna add, uh, okay, so this, this goes back to the pull and diff, which is uh, how we used to do it and how you'll do it if you deploy without Applog your Meteor server is sitting there and uh, paying attention to the data that all your users care about. And it's, it's basically running a calculation every 10 seconds and saying, hey, is this updated? Hey, is this updated? Yep. <laughs> and um, that's Big very, resource. very, yeah, very, very resource intensive and, and not scalable. And so instead now the, um, the Mongo server is just pushing down this update and um, you know you can you can easily scale to multiple kind of real time Mongo instances, and um, the data is going to show up pretty fast. Yeah, super awesome. Hey, Jeremy, you've been messing with sales, right? Uh, a little bit. I can't do, can't say I've made it too far, but a little bit. Do they go off of like pull and diff, or like what a how? You know, I'm not sure how their Mongo implementation works. They have, um, they have like one of the most flexible ORMs I think I've ever seen. You can literally use like any database ever, <laughs> like stuff you've never even heard of included. Um, but um, I was planning on using Mongo with it just because why not, you know, um, I can, you know, it's, it's node, you can use handlebars and you can use Mongo. It was, uh, it was, it was nothing but comfort zone. Um, but uh, I didn't get as far as, as actually, um, as, as far as actually implementing Mongo and, and uh, testing that stuff out. So yeah. the, um, the, the documentation there is, is, is thorough enough to build stuff, but there is most definitely an assumption that you were probably already a node developer to begin with. There's a whole lot of stuff that just doesn't, doesn't bother explaining a lot of common node terminology. So it assumes you've built stuff in plain vanilla node already, um, which, um, you know, obviously Meteor is on top of node, but it, uh, it, uh, it abstracts away a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, and if you're, if you're somewhat new to node, something like sales is not just, Oh, I'll be running as fast as I was with meteor. It's, uh, it's most definitely not like that. Uh, it is still JavaScript and there's, there's a ton of familiar stuff in there and, and routing is, is pretty, pretty obvious to look at. It's, it's very similar in a lot of respects, but, um, but there's not a lot of the, the, the convenient stuff that you see in, in meteor, um. And that's kind of the case with most things. I, I can't I can't say I've really ever tried any framework that 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 covers up a lot of the the difficulty the way Meteor does. So Yeah. I, I like to say that they uh they have a meticulous driven development style and uh they're very particular about how their APIs are and, and what everything that's being provided to the user looks like. Yeah. Sure. The reason why I brought up sales was because I think Meteor supporting AppLog is is a huge selling point. And uh, a lot of people, like, that's not touted too much, but um, that's a great way to scale. You're going to keep your resources down. Uh, it's just an ongoing log that Meteor's tapping into, uh, and you're going to get your data faster and more reliable. Yeah, but it's also not a panacea, right? Like, it doesn't fix everything for you. So in the, ca in the case of um, Aranoda, he had to move to something else because he was just being buried under write requests. And so... There's no way for your meteor, meteor server to say, I only care about this little bit of data. 
it has to get the entire opalog and process it. And mm -hmm. so when you have 20,000 writes happening, you know, every five seconds or something like that's a lot of data for your media app to handle. And so we were trying to re reduce CPU load, but if you have huge amounts of data coming in, like that's going to just ramp your CPU usage back up. There's like this sweet spot for Oplog. And what about the, like the latest release of Meteor? Yeah. Back? Yeah. That includes the, the Oplog back pressure or whatever they called it. And by default, if the message queue gets at like 2000, It'll just dump it, do a pull and dip, and then resume doing the oplog kind of reading. So it's an interesting approach, and that's configurable. But um, I'd still like to see. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's enough. I I haven't hit that problem yet. So yeah, I know Mixmax has. Love to get them on and maybe talk about it too. Well, again, and then if you get to that size, you know you're going to be exploring different options based off of what exactly you need to hit for your app. Yeah, I know they screamed loudly at MDG and that's why we saw the upload back pressure come in. <laughs> so, you know, I'm curious too, because um, Sasha, like you and I, we did an exploratory session where we were looking at uh, re-rendering was actually causing multiple publication subscriptions to happen. Like, did you ever do any work around that? And I, I saw you had done something with like outlining um, templates with borders and like showing when they were re-rendering. Was that for that kind of problem? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's that's more of a, a Blaze issue than a publication issue. But uh, I also did like another session with uh, Slava. So that was pretty helpful. Like we, we, we didn't really figure out the problem, but we did like uh, identify a few areas where uh, templates are rendering a lot and so some of it is also because of Blaze's own limitations or the way it works for example um, like if if a template has a data context and uh, like I, I hope I'm not getting it wrong but I think if it has a data context and even if it doesn't use that data context so it could be like a completely uh, static template if the data context changes then the template gets re-rendered so the mm -hmm. template can't like doesn't know what data it's using. It's not smart enough to know, okay, I'm only using that bit of data or no data at all, so I don't need to re-render. Yeah, so, that's, that's similar to what, he did a presentation about that at the last dev shop where he showed like, if you're subscribing to a collection and you care about fields A and B, uh, but you subscribe to A, B, and C, then if C changes every you know second or something, then it causes your template to re-render even though you're not even using C in the template. Right, but right, yeah. But even if you don't subscribe, so even if the template, like, <coughs> like yeah, it's a bit different because it, it, you can't basically when you're uh, using a data context, you can't specify which part you're using, like uh, you would do with a find, for example. There's no like, there's no way to specify that. So that was one issue, and so I mean, uh, on the the lister board, we have like. Uh, uh, items about uh, iron router and uh, template level subscriptions. So for me, it's kind of the, the all the, the same uh, matter. And my conclusion is that Arunoda is probably right and um, the router shouldn't be reactive because I think that's where a lot of the re-renders are occurring. And so for telescope, I mean, the process, I'm not moving out from iron router, but I'm going to move like the reactivity out of it. So probably um, I'll get rid of all the weight arms and and all that and then uh, do that in the template with template level subscriptions. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the issue we were hitting was the weight on. We were calling a couple um, publications. We, we were subscribing to a couple publications, but then there was a session variable in there. And so the, the various states, for some reason, that session variable was like causing it to, rerun those publications and so um you know you end up with like three or four calls of the publication which isn't horrible but it does add additional load because you're doing a bunch of queries all of a sudden at the same time on the mongo server yeah plus it's just hard to think about your app when you're not exactly sure what's getting called where and why and how many times you know it's like sometimes like i'll add a console.log somewhere 
and it, it logs out like eight times and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that out and just ignore, forget I ever saw that because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it can be a bit scary, but yeah, I'm in the process of cleaning all this up. Nice. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice not to be, um, to be so tied to iron router. I, I don't have a particularly big problem with, with using iron router at all. Um, but I feel like if you took that away, it would, it would pretty much completely break most media apps at this point. <laughs> it's really, most people are very reliant on it right now, especially in, in, in terms of managing data. And, uh, and I think, um, I think there's a couple of, you know, little idiosyncrasies that are, that are a little confusing to, to a lot of people too. You know, like you said, where console log will fire eight times on, on a page load and maybe a couple more times after that. And it's not always completely clear why that would be happening. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I've been thinking like, what if Iron Rodder had the, the non-reactive mode? I wonder what that would look like. So just keep, the, the syntax keep everything the same, the controllers, but just have a flag that turns off reactivity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I looked at, I looked at flow router um, when Aeronauta first posted that and uh, you know, it looks great. And I, and I, I get the point of what he's trying to do from, from the way he explained it, but it's not a drop in replacement for iron router for me right now. Not at all. I mean, not without drastically changing a whole bunch of stuff, you know, mostly like template level subscription type stuff, but, uh, but certainly not, not a total one-to-one replacement as far as functionality is concerned. It'd have to be a lot of thought going into, you know, how to replace a lot of things that flow router doesn't currently do and has no interest in doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, there's some, a lot of work to be thought about there. So I think like for me that the high level picture is that, you know, what I would advise people to do is think about moving uh, subscriptions out of the router or you know, maybe not completely, but just being uh, comfortable, not relying too much on the router. And then, cause you know, a couple of months or years from now, I do expect like NDG to come out with some sort of routing solution. Uh, if only to address server side rendering, you know, if it ever, uh, happens so at that point you know like it, it, it's it's probably going to be good not to be too re reliant on a single like huge router package I think yeah yeah I, I mean you know we we started to get into that I think uh, three of us were in the telescope room Ben wasn't there but you know Sashko came in and, and we started talking about you know it, it almost feels like template level subscriptions are backdooring their way into replacing iron router right and they could take it the rest of the way and, and kind of make this problem better and um you know i know i know with like their sauron-esque gaze turned upon the problem they could probably solve it um <laughs> but I, I don't know like he he was uh non-committal and his hesitation was you know what what happens when um all these packages are relying on it or there's a bunch of applications that are relying on it, right? Like there's, there's, um, I don't even know the last time I looked at atmosphere, like iron router has got to be a ridiculous number of downloads. There was a good conversation. One of the biggest on user accounts or, um, Oh, what's that package? Yeah. It's user accounts. Yep. Yeah. That was a great conversation about removing the dependency of iron router on that mm -hmm. where did i see that uh i, I don't know yeah no uh it was an issue i think what happened was it was probably in the forums uh forums.media.com that's right that's right so aeronota posted on his site and i started commenting on his blog post and then someone called me out on the forums there and said like you know let's let's continue the conversation here and that's where like a bunch of people jumped in and pointed out they were having that conversation and user accounts uh, and it's interesting, right? Like he wants to approach it the same way that he's approached uh, CSS frameworks, right? And there should be a core kind of implementation and then each outer package can implement the framework they want and kind of handle it that way. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds like a lot of work to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
so the modulus guy says it's okay and then the DevOps guys are like too much work <laughs> <laughs> if i'm writing the code it's too much work like i wrote accounts entry for bootstrap because i used bootstrap and Writing it another way sounded like a lot of work. <laughs> cool. Well, Meteor is awesome uh, for being so young. Uh, the scaling is awesome, especially since Meteor is so young. And it has good bones that will get you really far. And then when you explode on the scene and you get like tons of cash in your bank, then you could hire the right guys and Meteor could still be your foundation. Right. Does that totally. sum everything I mean, up? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You, yeah. look, at, you look at Meerkat and uh, what they just closed like a $12 million round. So, I mean, if you're an overnight sensation, I don't, the money will be there, right? That's right. <laughs> Guaranteed. And if it's not, open up, open up a, text, a texting uh, site to compete against Magic. <laughs> and there we go. Just run off of Twilio. Instant millions. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that about wraps it up. I, uh, I appreciate everyone coming on the show. And uh, if you thought this conversation was fun, I would say go check out uh, MeteorJS.club and you can sign up for the mailing list there. I'll be talking about upcoming events like this. Um, also been working on a little pro thing. So you'll be able to go to meteorjs.club slash pro soon and you'll be able to join the Slack chat room. Um, where a conversation like this happens every five minutes. Yes. <laughs> and all these, all these guys are in there like talking about all this stuff and more too often. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very true. <laughs> you notice that Josh has not been submitting a lot of open source packages anymore. That's because he's talking on Slack. He's in yeah. Slack. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Slack windbag. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, like, it's, Slack isn't really a productivity app, actually. It's more like a, like a distraction <laughs> app. Anti-productivity. Anti yeah, I, yeah. Bet, I bet, like, collectively, if, if Slack went down, the entire internet would suddenly be, like, 50% more productive for the day. <laughs> <laughs> or... Or no, people, would watch, people would just watch more porn, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think Slack's more good than bad. I've certainly, I've certainly met and talked to a lot of, uh, a lot of great people that I wouldn't have otherwise uh, talked to. And uh, mm -hmm. this conversation right here wouldn't have happened uh, if we weren't talking about it on Slack. So, so there you go. That's right. And then you get like expert opinions on guys that you trust. Uh, if you got a question about Meteor, I love it. Yeah, awesome stuff. All right, guys. Well, thanks. And uh, I guess uh, I know I'll see Ben next week, but maybe I'll see one of you two guys next week as well. Fabulous. Sounds good. Right. Awesome. This podcast has been a Meteor Club production. You can find out more information about Meteor Club at meteorjs.club. It's pretty easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. Again, that's meteorjs.club. <laughs>